Youth ministry can be difficult, messy, and even awkward at times. This podcast is to help you embrace those moments better. Whether you're full-time, part-time, volunteer, or even a parent, we want to give practical tips to help unpack the weird and fringe moments dealing with youth. And now, here are your hosts for Embrace the Awkward Podcast, DJ and Kyle. Welcome to episode 39 of the Embrace the Awkward Podcast. We have one goal in mind, that's to help you handle awkward better. I wasn't going to let you say it again. You beat I wasn't going to let you say it again. We do. We have one goal in mind, and that is, of course, to help you handle awkward better. I'm here again today, as always, unfortunately, with my co-host, Kyle. <laughs> Kyle, how are you today? Uh, I am good. I have realized that ministry is fun. Good. Yeah. I'm glad that you I forgot that, that for a moment. It's and, Yeah, it and happens. And then something good happened, and... We had I had a great weekend. Um, we celebrated our seniors. Great. And so it was just awesome to kind of see. That I've known them for seven years because I've been at the church for seven years now. <laughs> and it's just great to see them mature and so excited to see what God has in store for them. Do you give them like a gift? We do. We give them a gift. It's different every year. We celebrate them with like a big senior banquet sure. and, and all that. So I did hammocks for my seniors this year. Okay. And they loved it. And the way I sold it to the church was like hang out with Jesus. Oh my goodness. Cause you had to sell so, it to the church because like it should, you know, it should be like, you should give them a Bible. It's like, they all have, Bi- they've been in, if they don't have a Bible and they've gone through our youth ministry for these, all these years and they don't have a Bible by now, you should be really questioning. And it should be a special Bible. If you give it like right. hardcover, nice, full of notes or whatnot, it should not just be, Hey, here's the free Bibles we pass out right, that are, on Sunday morning. Right, yeah, exactly. Actually, yeah. they're used ones in the pews. But right, there's we a name in one. the front seat, of, in the you know, in the front page of it, but we'll still work. Right. This is your special Bible. <laughs> to yeah. Timothy in 1999. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe we're on episode 39, but it's true. It was like a year ago that we were talking about the inception of the Embrace the Awkward podcast. Right. So how cool. Episode 39, hey, we're talking about the five types of one-on-one relationships that every youth worker needs. Yeah. So this isn't just friendship. So everyone needs friends and, and all that. These are unique types of one-on-one relationships um, that you actually need to help you be a better youth worker and a better person, husband, wife, whatever. So this is beyond friendships. Okay. So friendships is more of a given. You need friends to kind of uh, help laugh, help encourage, deal with some of the stresses of ministry and life in general. So this is more one-on-one. And really we're talking about people you should be meeting regularly with maybe yeah. it's once a month or once a week. Um, and, and so each kind of type of person, we also have a purpose of that. So if you don't have this type of person, this is maybe a good encouragement. I need to find this person and put them in my life. Right. Look, it's very easy for ministry to feel like something that is, it's something you're doing alone. Ministry yeah. can be really, really, really lonely, but it wasn't designed to be that way. Jesus picked, handpicked 12 dudes to hang out with and do ministry with. Um, not that you have yeah, to. He have called 12. them the dudes. He, yeah, he did. He said, <laughs> hey, dudes, yeah. come and follow me. <laughs> And that is the philosophy of my ministry right They were there. on the water, hey, you know. From, yeah, yeah. You surfing. Know? Yeah, surfing. Yeah, that's what they were doing. Uh, no, but ministry was not created to be done alone. Ministry does not to be done alone for you. There are five relationships one-on-one that you need to have that will help you be a better youth worker. And number one is a ministry partner. So this seems like it's pretty obvious. 
Um, But let's talk about it a little bit. That can be a spouse. That can be a go-to volunteer, leader, staff member. They can work with you. Um, directly, it's it's someone that is pretty equal to you or close in authority working at your church. Kyle, what are your thoughts? Yeah, that's the key. What we're talking about when we say partner is this is your most trusted volunteers. And if you have to leave or if you have to do a, a task where it requires two people and to split up, this is the person you say, okay, this is my go-to adult leader. This is my go-to. Maybe it's your spouse, not always, but um, whatever person it is that they have the same philosophy, they have the same passion for students, um, and you trust them completely because you're in a partnership with them in some way. If you feel that you're doing ministry alone, man, it is taxing yeah. and draining. And this is probably something that you need to develop as a one-on-one ministry partner and saying, okay, hey, you might have to uh, to literally develop them and equip them to say, hey, I- I'm looking for you to be that w- number one volunteer. Right. Um, and so it's in my ministry career, it's changed over the years very early on. And for the first couple of years, it was my wife, Katie, um, and she is still an integral part of my ministry. But now I have employees that help with that. Because we have kids that are pretty younger, so she can't be and go to camp every year and, and all that. Sure. So my wife Katie is still an important part of the my ministry, but now I have people who can help work with me because kind of they're my employees, right? and I have that trusted relationship with them. Right. So this relationship, its purpose is that it's someone that you can lean on, you can trust them. Um, it's someone that ministry can move on with even if you can't be there. This is an absolutely essential relationship for your ministry. And if you don't have this relationship, having this will take your ministry up a step. Yep. It will. Number two, I would say what we call your Timothy. Now, in the Bible, there was different relationships, and Timothy was someone you mentored. So you right. are a mentor to a mentee, Timothy. So who is that one person you are investing in, you're training in? Now, maybe they feel called to ministry and you're kind of investing and pouring your life into them. Or maybe they don't feel called to ministry directly, but you want to invest in them. So it could be an adult leader right. or it could be a student who you're taking aside and it's a unique relationship other than the other students in your youth ministry. But there's this one-on-one kind of thing. You go the extra mile for this person of sharing your knowledge and your experience. It's basically someone you are discipling. Yeah, this is your personal kind of disciple development person. So, and, and I have, I mean, a lot of us do this naturally with students and I don't know if we think of it in the Timothy mindset, but like uh, pre-COVID, I would meet for breakfast with a couple of students um, a week and we'd work through a book or do a study or talk. And this Timothy is so important because for you, it's helping you be a disciple-making disciple. Yes. And we, that's part of what we have to be doing. So this purpose of having a Timothy is to fulfill the command to go and make disciples. Uh, it's to help you articulate the gospel. Um, it furthers your ministry philosophy. If nothing else, it's getting you talking about the gospel even more. If if yeah. if all else fails, it's getting you talking about the gospel more, and that's the heart of what we're doing. Absolutely. The other one in the other side of the same coin is your Paul. Right. So Paul mentored our disciple Timothy. So kill the Christian. Oh, Paul. Yeah. Not sorry. My <laughs> not Saul. Not Saul. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good clarifying <I> just... <laughs> statement. <laughs> but yeah, so your Paul 
is someone who is pouring into you. Someone is mentoring you. Someone is discipling you. And you're like, well, I work in the church and I preach all the time and I teach all the time. I don't need to be discipled. Ah, you actually do. Now, maybe you know the basics, but we're talking about someone who can speak into your life, who can give you guidance and maybe direction, who can give you sage wisdom um, when you need it, and maybe even some encouragement when mm-hmm. things are going down. So it can be a parent, it can be a boss, but usually what I kind of recommend is someone who maybe has more experience in you. So if they're in youth ministry and you're a full-time youth worker, maybe not volunteer, Try to find someone who also was, maybe not currently is, but was an intern or, I mean, a a youth worker who can kind of understand what you're going through. It can be your boss, and sometimes that works out. I haven't had the experience where my direct Paul has been my boss um, a lot of times. Mm -hmm. And, And so it's okay if your lead pastor who you work with is not your Paul. That's yeah. okay. And I think that's important to mention because I had a I had a misconception, I think, when I started that your automatic has to be Paul mm. is your is your lead pastor, your you know, yeah. your person above you. Your boss. And you know, not that it can't be, like we said, but there are times when it's better to have someone that's not your direct superior as your Paul. And that's okay. And for me, I had that misconception. It was a very it was a sad one for me almost more than anything. And but it was also a hard one for me to realize. And so I think that's important to mention. Yeah. So who was your Paul or maybe now, but in the past, who was a Paul for you? Right. TJ? So I, uh, I, like I said, I meet or I met with students pre COVID at McDonald's for breakfast once a week. Um, that was actually a long standing tradition that was a part of my story. So when I was really, really young, I had a prayer partner when I was in Awana's, our children's ministry. Uh-huh. And we would go get fries and a drink at McDonald's in, in the summer, you know, maybe Man, once a month cheap. or something. Yeah, I was, <laughs> yeah. Um, then when I got to my senior year, my youth pastor said, hey, to me and a couple of my friends, and said, hey, let's meet for breakfast at McDonald's once a week and just have a time of discipleship. That was the first time I ever had a true passion and fire for the word ignited in me. Mm. It was really, really cool. I got to college, and uh, my youth pastor then said, hey, let's start meeting for breakfast at McDonald's and just going through a book and studying in a time of discipleship. And that's when I had the most rapid growth and felt the strongest call for youth ministry in my life is that period. Um, and then now I have even more people who are kind of, I I would say I have a couple Pauls, truthfully. Um, and some of these kind of overlap into some different right. places too. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, um, but these people have done an amazing job job of of keeping me on track, giving me direction, and that's that's the purpose here. They they keep you on track. They give you direction and encouragement. They're someone who you can kind of dump on, and they can right. give you advice in that. And it's so 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 important. And here's the thing: these relationships change. These five relationships, these one on one relationships, it doesn't mean they're lifelong relationships. Yeah, and we have to be okay with that. I've had different. Pauls or mentors in my life, depending on my life stage. When I was in high school, I had an awesome youth pastor, um, but the one person that connected me was Buck. His name was Buck. He was he was in the seventies or eighties when I was in high school, and that was twenty <laughs> years ago. Um, You're old. 
I know. <laughs> but he met with me and we went through uh, the books of the Bible and he just invested in me so much. And I fell in love with studying scripture through that. But by the time I was in college, I actually had a chance to be with uh, as an intern with my youth pastor growing up. We've had him on the podcast before, Chris Chambers. Yeah. And if he you was, haven't listened to that episode, go back and listen to it. Yeah. He was in ministry for 30 plus years. 30 plus years in youth ministry. Yeah. And he's now uh, still in ministry, but just no longer youth. Awesome episode tons of wisdom and go back and check he, that he out. gave me direction investment not just an internship role but to this day when i get stuck or i have some big news particular ministry news i call up chris and say hey chris um here's what happened to me today and so it's just it's awesome to see and i've had people who are elders in the church who i've met with on a regular basis but the key is you have to meet with them um somewhat regularly to really grasp their knowledge and wisdom right totally hey the number four an accountability partner. This is probably a phrase that you've heard a lot. It's almost like it's not Christian ease, right. but it also almost in a sense is, yeah. is almost Christian ease. This is someone who helps you build your character. It's someone who you can, it's a safe person to go to and say I'm falling, I'm in the you know, I'm in the the hole, the weeds, whatever. It's it's a person who's helping you build your accountability, your character, things like that. Now it's easy to jump into, especially if you are men in the church. We've heard this phrase, accountability partner, and usually it's hold you accountable through sexual temptation, all that. Right. That's not necessarily what this is about, although you might need that right. aspect. But when we say accountability partner, it is someone, like DJ said, focusing on your character. So here's a little caveat. I would not say or I would discourage you from having your boss, your direct report, being your accountability partner. Okay, why? <laughs> because, unfortunately, it is awkward, but let's say you struggle with something, you made a mistake, and you share that. Maybe it's just a thought process and you haven't even done anything yet. Your boss might be required to do something about it or directly uh, involve himself or herself in that situation. And they can't help it. They can't step back and say, oh, I'm not your boss in this situation. I'm your accountability partner. That doesn't really work. So usually we say someone who's trusted, someone who's on equal plane with you, authority, someone who has access to your life. So they need to have access to it. Is it not? You can't have an accountability partner and they live four states away. Right. It's going to be very hard. So they need to see you. Um, week in, week out, you need to meet with them. They need to maybe have access to your devices or at least know what you're going through without you being the only person telling them, well, here's my thoughts. Here's my right. process. Yeah, totally. So this person's, their their purpose is to, um, you can hold each other up. It's someone who, you know, you've seen the like guitar players who are back to back on stage. That's kind of what that you, is. It's, you have to be able to lean on them and right. them you. It's a, it's a safe place to be able to talk about that life is difficult, and sometimes we fail. Surprisingly enough, right. sometimes we do have a fail, and this is someone who can keep you on the path of righteousness. So important. And, and it's also it's very important that they need to be able to speak unfiltered truth to yep. you, Yeah, and you don't get upset. Now, it might hurt. Mm-hmm. It might really hurt, right. but they need to have that ability to say, okay, I trust them, I love them, what you just said to me is extremely hurtful, but I know you say it out of love. Yeah. No, I've I've had um, my accountability partner, he's said to me multiple times, he said, hey, I, I really think you should change your mindset on this. Yeah. And that to me is in effect because I've thought through my mindset 
and I have my mindset, and I have thought through very carefully what my mindset is, and that's why I have it. Yeah. So for someone <laughs> for someone to go, hey, I think you should change your mindset about this. I'm like, okay, but I was intentional with my mindset. So why would I need to change my? And so yeah, it's someone who can can speak to you. Um, and number five, the last one we're going to give today, uh, it's an outside source. Someone who has um, little to no involvement with your ministry or church. They're outside of your normal circles. Um, sometimes, I know for some people, this is like another pastor in town. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's weird. It sounds weird. They don't have to be like a pastor, leader, Christian. Right. Sounds weird, but it's the absolute truth. This is someone who's an outside, unbiased opinion with your situation that you can absolutely dump on. And this person can kind of really do two things. First, they can be the person you can vent or dump on, if you will, right. without consequences. Yeah. You know, if you um, have a parent or a small group leader or your uh, another staff member at your church and you that's the person you vent to, man, that can make it awkward because then they might have to uh, contact them or they might say, hey, you're wrong, or they might um, be totally on your side and just feed you junk. Um, and you just get worse and worse and worse uh, on that. So this is a person who you should be able to give up your worries um, and share your frustrations and the good things and the bad things. Um, it, it's a time to vent. This person shouldn't have to have the temptation to gossip because they know who you're talking about. And sometimes you're like, I can't tell you. I can't tell you. Man, that person is not an outside source if they're const- right. if you constantly have to withdraw names or things like that. Now, here's the thing. I do have a, dif- a distinction between venting and complaining. I don't think we mm. should be complaining. In fact, I think God takes complaining very seriously. But venting, on the other hand, is a little different. So do you want to crash course on the, vent- uh, the difference between venting and complaining, DJ? So venting is when you have to get from one room to another very quickly <laughs> after you have killed someone. Yeah, and among us. Um, and, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was good. I like that. Give yeah. us a crash course, Kyle. Yeah. Okay. Venting is when a person wants to relate their experience with others, like getting things off their chest. It actually creates space for a new point of view. Like, oh, okay. But sometimes you have to explain it and you have to ex- right. share your experience in order for you to have or at least be willing and able to listen. Right. Complaining means habitually searching for wrongs instead of the rights. Uh, so it means the type of people are they only see if they only see it from their point of view and are not open to other points of view. They're complaining about I know what's right or I I hate this or I'm tired or they always do it wrong and they're not actually bringing any solutions or even open to another point of view. And so it's not like a vent. A venting is oh I have a point I'm stopping. Now I can listen to something else because I got it off my chest. Complaining, we use the disguise of I'm just venting, but really all we're doing is sharing negative, 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 and it doesn't come to the point where, hey, I actually want to hear something different. So when we're talking about an outside source, we need to talk about someone who is really able to vent but not necessarily always complain to. Yeah, I truly can tell you that uh, I would not have made it through my first year of full-time vocational ministry without this relationship. I literally remember even during COVID showing up at my friend's house. Like I was like, hey, I'm coming to your house right now just to come and just vent in the middle of my day. Just And I could not have made it through my first year of ministry without having this relationship. So for me and you, very, very, very important. Yeah, so the first one is allowing you to vent. The kind of second 
one that this outside source relationship brings to the table is it gives them an outside perspective that you might not be able to think through or you didn't realize happened. Mm -hmm. So sometimes we are too close to a situation to fix it. Um, uh, and by stepping back, we realize, oh, there's actually a mistake there or a crack there or something like that. And I've done this so many times with my events. This was an awesome event. I don't know why people aren't showing up. Oh, did you realize that you didn't advertise it other than a week beforehand? Like right. Yeah. Weird stuff that I didn't even think of before. Yeah, totally. And this person can, who is basically an outside source who has no emotional investment in your ministry. Yeah. They just are here to share and say, hey, I'm your friend. And I, I don't know about this, but have you ever thought about that? Yeah. That's what an outside source does. So it helps you vent, but it also gives you an outside perspective that really sometimes we need. Yeah. So this person's pro uh, purpose is not to fix the problem, but give you an outside viewpoint um, to view things and look at things a different way. So these are the five essential relationships that we want you to make a priority for this year, this summer, uh, your ministry. This is so important. And here's what we want you to do. You can find a post on our Instagram page that'll have these five different relationships on it. All we're asking is that you tag one one of these five and say, hey, thanks. Yeah. These five people are important to your ministry. So like for me, I would tag, you know, at Chris Chambers because he was one of my Pauls um, right. that invested in me. Now I don't have to, you don't have to say what they are. You can just tag a person and just say thanks right. um, on that. Maybe it's a Timothy that you're investing in, whatever. But we kind of want to see um, people tag other people and see where they are in these one of these five relationships. Yeah. Hey, thanks so much for listening to this episode. We hope you got some helpful tips and tricks. And thanks for being our friend. We'll see you next time.